0: But this month we're talking about having the right people around you and doing life together. But before we can talk about relationship realities, I want to ground this entire series in the primary relationship, which is a relationship with God. Huge one. The flow on effect of that relationship flows to all my other relationships. In fact, I would be so bold and go so far as to say that if I didn't have a relationship with God first and foremost, there's there's a pretty good chance that I wouldn't have a relationship with my wife or my children or many other people anymore. The relationship from God flows. Who amen that? Oh, Al. I thought you were one of my kids for a second, Al. They normally amen that real loud. (laughs) If you get this flow right, everything goes well. If you get this flow wrong, everything starts to turn around. Think about it. See, the way I connect with God determines the way I see me. The way I see me determines the way I see other people. The way I see other people determines the way I treat other people. So, you ready? It goes, God sees me... I see God. I now relate to me better than I used to do, and then I relate to other people. If I get the flow wrong, though, imagine if it got a different flow. If I looked at you to determine who I was, and from determining who I was, determine whether I liked myself or not, and then took that picture back to God, what a mess it would be in. Unfortunately, some of the people I meet and have to deal with are literally in that mess. They don't know who they are from God. They know who they are from the crowd's opinion of them so this morning i want to talk to you about learning the right relationship and getting the order correct and i keep pointing behind me as though that's sort of more spiritual but that's because you guys are in front that's the the church god is behind me okay so everyone get that picture and the analogy that i've got good job i've got another story i want to share with you this morning i have another relationship that um some of you may know of but everyone held their breath for a second relax it's okay I have a deep and intimate and abiding relationship with coffee. <laughs> like, like Michael comes down on a Sunday morning and makes coffee for those who want to come at 9 o'clock and have a fantastic flat white. Please give Michael a hand. Good job, Michael. But I want to tell you that, that the other day, my, my, my heart skipped a beat. I, I had some major focus problems because Karen rang me. She gave me the worst news ever. She didn't ring me to say, Pastor Phil, the roof's leaking. That would have been survivable. She didn't ring me to say, Pastor Phil, the toilet's are blocked. That also would have been survivable. She rang me to tell me the coffee machine was broken. And I tell you, it was like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I especially didn't know what I was going to do because we had Sunday service coming up and everybody likes good coffee. Or two of us do, right? I'm going to preach to this side for a minute, you know. And I, we had the arts and craft festival coming up and we can't have an arts and craft festival without having fantastic coffee on offer. So, so I said to Karen, I don't care what it costs. Money's no object. No, I'm just kidding. But I said, Karen, can we get that fixed straight away? So Karen makes a phone call. The next day, the next day, I ring Karen early in the morning to go, Karen, how's it all going? She goes, the guy's not here yet. I said, yeah, 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 but when he gets there, can you tell me how it's going? Like straight away. It was four o'clock. It was a bit awkward, but it's fine. <laughs> And when I found out what was wrong, I was expecting it. Maybe, you know, she was going to give me the worst news, like the boiler's broken, the pump's broken, the whole machine's kaput, something like that. And she rang me up and she, well, I rang her, actually, and she said, do you know what the problem is? Are you ready? Here, here we go. The problem was a plug. I'd like you to put up the photo of this plug, please. The plug's behind me there. So apparently, she's come in and the plug is melting which is never a good sign by the way when the plug is starting to melt and split and smoke can you put up the second photo in short you've got to ask the question what would cause a plug to melt like that plug is melting so the experts come in and they do a little bit of investigation I'd like you to turn up the short the third photo for me the experts come in they do a little bit of investigation and here was what they found the plug was plugged into a 20 amp everyone say 20 amp a 20 amp wall socket. When we built the cafe, we got them to put a decent socket in. We were pretty impressed with that. That was fine. The wire was also 20 amp. It's pretty good, it's pretty exciting. The coffee machine was also a 20 amp coffee machine. And what was the problem? The problem was the plug was a 15 amp plug, if you put up the fourth photo, please. You might look at that and you go, what's the difference? As some of you would know, the difference between a 10-amp and a 15-amp is the size of the earth. And if you've got caravans or motorhomes or you've had to deal with any sort of heavier tooling, you'll know the earth is bigger on a 15-amp plug. But a 20-amp plug doesn't just have a bigger earth. The 20-amp plug has a bigger, and I'd like you to put the next photo up for me, please. The 20-amp plug has a bigger power pin. You can go to the next one. See, the 20-amp plug has a bigger power pin and it's wider than the 15-amp. Can you see that, guys? Have we got that? Okay. So here's the problem. If you look at the next photo, you will see that the power pins for the 15-amp plug were thin. They were small. That means when you take this plug and you plug it in, there's just not as much connection. And so because there's not as much connection and you're trying to draw all of that power through a very small amount of surface area and surface connection, these pins begin to get hot. They begin to get stressed under the pressure of drawing the power down. And as they begin to get stressed under the pressure, they begin to burn out just as the last photo will show you. You know, as I looked at this plug though, it's such a cool illustration, I couldn't help but share it with you today because as I looked at this plug... Through the week, um, I realized that there are a lot of similarities between this plug and my own life. So, this is a sermon about me, so sit back and enjoy, relax. Um, maybe some of you will learn something about me, but. If I'm being honest, most of my sermons are actually about me and my journey with God. And I like to kind of say to you guys all the time, we are all broken, including me. And we are all on a journey to get to know Jesus better. There is no perfect people. There was one perfect man, never did anything wrong, never made a mistake, did everything 100% perfectly. It didn't go so well for him in the end. Well, moving on. But if I'm serious, I can look at this plug and I can see reflections of my own life because I look at this and I think sometimes I can feel a little bit burnt out, I can feel a little bit overwhelmed, I can feel a little bit cracked and disjointed. If I look at this plug, I can see when it really boils down, the problem isn't so much sometimes with all that I've got to do, the problem is actually more to do with the connection that I have. The problem is sometimes that when I look at the plug and I look at my own life, I can see this great illustration that I've got a God who has an enormous amount of power. He has a fantastic resource of power. I have a socket on the wall that connects me to God and it never gives up and it never lets go. And I have a wire that can always carry the current and I have a job that needs to be done. But sometimes it's not the socket, it's not the wire, it's not the source or the resource of the power. Sometimes the problem lays in the connection. Sometimes I don't have enough connection to carry the current for the job that God is calling me to do. And when the connection is faulty and when the connection is flawed and the connection is small, we burn out. We struggle to get the job to go forward. We can't do what God's calling us to do because the connection... The issue is the connection. I want to say this a few times to you this morning because I think it's going to help somebody trip into this. The issue is not the resource of God's power on your life. You don't have to get God to be bigger or more powerful in your life. That is not the issue. The issue is not that Jesus Christ He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He is connected to his heavenly Father and he is there. The issue is not that the Holy Spirit flowing from God the Father through Jesus Christ stops and gets stagnated. The issue isn't the wire. The issue is the connection. And if I'm connected right with Jesus who's connected to the Father, then the Holy Spirit flows through me and can accomplish any job that I want it to accomplish. Please forgive me, not it. He is not an it, but you get the picture. Anything, pain, gone. Holy Spirit moves in. Problems become so small when Holy Spirit says, there's not a single job, there's not a pain, there's not a problem that is too big for the Holy Spirit to handle. If I can only get Holy Spirit in and through me and onto the scene, it will change everything. But the problem is the connection. Let me ask you another question. Don't put your hand up, it's rhetorical. Are you feeling flat? Are you feeling burnt out? Do you sometimes feel that the problems are bigger than the power to handle them? Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed and burnt out from the pressures and the problems of life? And if you do, and if you can answer yes to that, then hopefully this is a message for you. The question is how do we upgrade our connection? There is power in the connection. And in Jesus' day, we're going to go back, in Jesus' day, they didn't have electricity. So when Jesus gave illustrations, he gave illustrations in parables and in stories that they could understand. Today, we're going to look at one of those illustrations and we're going to compare it to our own. But in John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says to them, abide in me, And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless you abide in me, you cannot bear fruit. Unless you are abiding in me, you cannot bear fruit. Unless you are plugged into me, you cannot bear fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." I think if Jesus was here today, he would take the same illustration that had vines and vineyards and fruits and trees and he would use a power cord and a plug. And he would say, unless you stay plugged in and connected to me, you will never have the power to do the job that I'm calling you to do. Unless you are plugged in and vitally connected to me, unless you can check that connection, you will never accomplish what I am calling you to do for the current draw." will be too big for the connection that you have. So here's another question. How did Jesus stay connected while he was walking in the flesh on this earth? What did Jesus do? And is there anything he did that we could go, man, what did Jesus do? Since we're supposed to be following him, right? Wouldn't it be cool if we kind of went, okay, I call myself a Christian, which means I'm following Christ. What did he do? And maybe if I do what he did, I could walk in the same manner that he walked. That sounds pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Some of us are like, you know, Phil, you don't understand. I would love to have a connection with God, but I just don't have time. Phil, I'm just busy. I have kids and I have work and I have responsibilities and there's just all these pressures and stresses and I have Facebook and Instagram and I don't have time for God when I have all those things going on. And I get the feeling that Jesus was pretty busy when he was here on the earth. I get the feeling that he had a couple of things that he needed to do, like train 12 people to impact the entire world. So we're going to look at some of the disciples' writings about Jesus. Some of the people that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus and heard about Jesus, they actually wrote this book down. It's called a Bible. And in that Bible, they wrote down how Jesus lived his life and they wrote it down in such a way so that we could live our lives the same way. One of the guys who wrote one of the books is called Mark. And Mark wrote in Mark 1.32... He gives this story of what happens. He says, At evening, can we start the day with the story with one day? Because every good story starts with one, one day or once upon a time. One day at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him, being Jesus, all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. When did they bring them to him? When? Thank you. Who said the sun had set? Good job. When the sun had set. Now, in Israel, just as of all you know, the sun doesn't set at four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock in the afternoon. The sun sets later and later, okay? So when the sun had set, that's when they started to bring the people to Jesus. We're going to read on. Says the whole city. Everyone say the whole city. The whole city. That sounds like more than two or three. Yeah. The whole city would gather together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. I want you to get this. It's really important we see this point. Jesus was up late. The sun set, people start turning up to the house. And while they're turning up to the house, he begins to minister to them. He begins to meet their needs. He begins to heal them. He begins to cast out demons. Now, any of you who have been out socializing for a length of time, how many people understand the expression, you get a bit peopled out? How many people get the expression that, you know, you kind of, you can go so far and then you run out of your emotional reserves to continue to minister to the people? The Bible says the sun had set and Jesus was meeting the needs of an entire city or an entire town. I don't know about you, but you would think that the next day he would be kicking back and having a sleep in. He would be wanting to rest and recuperate. But I'm going to pick it up in Mark 135. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while. Everyone say a long while. A long while before daylight, he departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. He got up. A long while before daybreak. I don't know what a long while is. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10. I get the feeling it's a little longer. He got up a long while before daybreak, before the sun crested the horizon. He was already up and he was already out. Now, I'm not sure about you, but if I've had a late night, I do not want an early morning. But Jesus understood something that his connection with God was the only thing that was going to sustain his ministry. His connection with God would determine the current that flowed out of him to minister to humanity. His connection with God was paramount importance. So he got up, everyone say it, early. He got up early. Now, if you're a morning person like me, You are loving this sermon. You're like, if you've been on my Instagram, on my social media, you get to see the time-lapse photo of the sun cresting the horizon when we're down at conference. I I love, love, love the morning. I think that's when God is always up talking to me and it's biblical. However, if you're not a morning person, there's good news for you. Okay, because Luke writes, Luke, and he says, now it came to pass in Luke 6 verse 12 came to pass in those days that he, being Jesus, went out to a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. Everyone say all night. All All the night owls said amen. Amen. Yeah, He wasn't getting up early. He went out late at night. He went out all night. He prayed all night. That's pretty cool. And then when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose twelve whom he named as apostles. So, so Jesus said before. Sorry, Luke said about Jesus, before Jesus actually called and appointed his apostles, he spent all night in prayer. That's a really good hint, by the way, that before you make serious decisions, you should make sure you're plugged in to the current and that your connection is good before you're making big decisions in life. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Great idea for all of those who are night owl people to cheer and hoop and holler and go, yes, I don't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning with Pastor Phil because he's a little crackers. I can pray all night and that's also okay. All right. Matthew says that according to Matthew, after John the Baptist was beheaded, Matthew says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. And when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. I'm just going to try and paint this picture. Are you following me this morning? He's he's consistently ministering, connecting. I'm going to minister and connect. I'm going to minister and connect because the current that I need to minister has to come from the connection. And if it tries to come from inside, if it tries to come from coffee, Phil, if it tries to come from enthusiasm, if it tries to come from just stirring stuff up in excitement, eventually... You will run dry. Eventually the output is bigger than the input. The connection isn't strong enough, and the current burns you out. All right. John says, so you're getting the picture here, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John says in five sixteen, sorry, in six fifteen. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force, he's just fed 5,000 people. 5,000 people are really excited. They're going to come and take him and make him king. It says, therefore, when Jesus perceives they are about to come and take him by force and make him king, he departed again to a mountain by himself. We've got morning. We've got night. But consistently, we see him going to a solitary place by himself. I'm going to write, read this last scripture. Luke writes down in Luke 5.16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He, often. He was with his disciples for three years. How often would you have to do it before somebody calls it often? Let me ask you a question. If somebody looked at your life, it's not a guilt question, it's just a question. It's rhetorical, don't yell out the answer. If somebody looked at your life and examined it and were writing about it, would they write down that Monica often connected with God? Monica often withdrew by herself to spend time with God. Is that what they'd write? Would they write it about you? Would they write it about me? How often does often have to be before they actually take notice of it? Are you following me this morning? Because the connection is what sustains you through the times of ministry and the times of life. It's connection. And when we have a weak connection, we burn out. And so often I see Christians who are saying, I feel weary or I feel tired. I've had so many conversations, even in the last few months, and, and, and I've kind of got to the point where I said it feels like it's October, November. You know, October, November, every, at the end of every year, you talk to people and they're like, oh, just, just looking forward to Christmas. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking forward to a rest. And it's like, January is so long gone and Christmas isn't quite upon them. There's no excitement. There's a lot of lethargy. In fact, apparently, if you talk to counsellors and psychologists, they tell you during the October, November, September periods, you don't make any major life decisions. Why? because it's kind of a lull you don't choose to sell your house then you don't choose to leave your partner then you don't choose to quit church it's kind of a lull you're already feeling a bit flat so you don't make any big decisions then the truth is sometimes we can feel like that in may and part of the reason we can feel like that is that we are not connected the way christ was connected how's your connection it's, it's not a guilt message and, and some of you I can already feel it's like you say it's not a guilt message but I'm feeling guilty that's not the point of the message the point of the message is not for me to stand up and condemn you the point of the message is to share something so you can wrestle with it and you can ask yourself that internal question and it is an internal question God how's my relationship with other people going that's a good place God, is there room for improvement? God, is there some pain, some hurt, some problems in my life right now that I need to improve? And if you can answer yes to that, then the next question you really should be asking is, God, do I have the power in and of myself to do it? And the answer to that, by the way, should be no. You do not have the power in and of yourself to do it. If you had the power in and of yourself, you should have already done it. So you don't have the power yourself. So God, where would I get the power from? And he will say, from me. And then you go, God, can you just like give it to me? And he'll go, no, it's not how it works. No relationship works like that. In fact, I'll guarantee if I didn't connect with my wife daily, then we wouldn't have a marriage. In fact, if... if I didn't talk to my children as often as I talk to my children. We wouldn't have a relationship. And yet somehow when it comes to God, we can leave him on the sideline for days. Yeah? Yeah. Weeks? (laughs) Months? We can leave him on the sideline. And we wonder... Why we're lacking the power. And we wonder why our other relationships aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we wonder why we're constantly feeling like we're weary and worn out and burdened and overwhelmed. And we wonder because we haven't got the connection that we're supposed to be having. Can I give you one more? Do you you know why so many people hate this, by the way? Not not you guys, the Baptist church. do you know why so many do you, i don't know whether you notice this this is a really cool thing that i was reading through and as i read through it like you know he said morning and i'm like yes that's cool and he said evening and, and there's a heap of people don't they when i say evening they go who's put it come on let's get excited who's a, who's a morning person with me yes i've got some brothers in the house that's great. and sisters yeah. Yeah. who's got who's an evening person put you no. <laughs> you guys are good Okay, so we got morning people, we've got evening people. That's pretty cool, isn't it, right? Who's who's agreeing, yes, I'm gonna seek God in the morning, yes, I'm gonna seek God in the evening. That's pretty cool, yes? Everyone's happy with that, right? Who's who's figured out the third thing? You got morning, you got evening, and here's the here's the, the, the killer. Alone. That's that's the one. Oh, what? You know, I can come to church and I can hang out with Dan and Matt and I'm excited and it's so cool. It's going to be awesome and God's going to do something and they're pumping me up and I'm pumping them up and it's going to be fantastic. That's a pretty cool place to be but you know, Jesus saw crowds of 5,000 people. He saw supernatural miracles where they were fed supernaturally. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He did super cool stuff and none of it became His internal mechanism for enthusiasm. That and only that was given to one person and that was God himself, God the Father. And here's where we stick. We can do morning, we can do evening. But you know what so many people struggle with? Alone. He would depart into a solitary place and be with just him And his heavenly father if you can't do alone you can't do together I know that sounds harsh but if you can't like yourself and your heavenly father enough to hang out with him and just be quiet and be together then then you're lacking a connection and if you're lacking a connection there do you know what you will do I said it last week you will try and wring out of everybody else what makes you excited. You will get married to make you excited. You will get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I know I'm talking to some people this morning, to make you excited. And your enthusiasm will be drawn from them. And guess what? That enthusiasm, by the way, is super cool. Marriage, fantastic. Best thing ever for the first six months. After that, am I right? The the real work kind of begins, doesn't it? Well, maybe you get 12, maybe you get 18, like I didn't, but you know my wife did, she was lucky. <laughs> come on, come on, stay with me for a minute. But if you can't be alone, then what you will do is drag the life out of every other person you meet. You will make them responsible for whether you're feeling up or you're feeling down. If you don't figure out that your connection has to be with first and foremost him and him alone, if you can't be by yourself with him, how will you ever have enough current to minister to someone else? That's the message I want to share with you today. Morning, great. Evening, fantastic. But the real hitter that I wanted to leave you with as I'm finishing off this morning, the real hitter, and I'm going to ask Jamie to come up and share communion with you this morning. But the thing, bring up, come on up team. The thing I wanted to leave you with this morning is can you, can you be Alone with God. The thing that I see about Jesus' ministry is his connection with God was found in that time where he was just alone. The thing I see in my own life is that my ministry is strengthened when I spend time alone. I'm going to give you one more as I'm walking off. How many people have one of these or a phone? How many people try and do alone time? only to find that they're in their alone time for the first 10 minutes before they start scrolling? Guys, you're not alone. You need to be alone. If you want your connection to remain and to stand, if you want all of your other relationships, they have to flow from that one first. And to establish that one, you have to be... Can you imagine, I know I'm trying to finish, but can you imagine if my wife and I... She'll gonna hate this illustration too can you imagine if we wanted to be incredibly intimate we wanted to establish that connection together you're following me do not ask me to describe further than that you'll figure it out can you imagine how it would make her feel if i was scrolling could you imagine if i wanted to be intimate if i went hey i really want to be close to you. i want to be intimate i want to be connected with you but um Hey, I thought I'd invite Beck and Waverly to come in and just hang out with us. There's some things about being alone that can only be done when you're alone. There's some works that God wants to do in your own life that can only happen when it's just you and just him. Can I go a bit further? There's some areas where you can only be naked and transparent in front of God when it's only you that's where He wants to bring you to me. And I'm praying like crazy that over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to explore relationship with Him being the first and foremost. God bless you. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.